Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ardenfbc.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Good morning, church. How is everybody? Good. You guys are singing amazing, by the way. I'm so glad to be with you guys. Um, I'm Timothy. I'm one of the pastors here. We just want to welcome everyone. For those watching online, hello. Uh, let's open up in prayer to prepare hearts for the word. Father, we thank you for this time just to worship you and that we can just say that you're so good. Even when our circumstances don't show it, you are good. Even when our emotions don't reveal it, you are good. Even though we may be having a bad day, a bad week, or even a bad life, you are still good. So, Father, as we look into your word today, speak to our hearts. We pray that you would give us pure hearts so we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And, Father, bless each person here today. Help them just uh, be encouraged through your word and be transformed through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome to church on this cold day. It's not even winter yet, but it feels like winter, right? So while I'm thinking about winter, I think about travel. How many of you wish you were in sunny Florida right now? Some of you, yes. Well, the Brown family these days, we don't travel a whole lot. But when we do, we have uh, two big destinations we'd like to go. One is Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Anybody else Tennessee fans out there? Yeah, so Tennessee, we like going to the water park. There's a water park there, Wilderness Lodge. And there's also a new place we discovered after Dollywood was a long line and we couldn't get in the rides. We're like, you know, let's leave. So we went to this new place called the island. Anybody ever been to the island? It's really fun and it's free. F-R-E-E-E, free. So the kids love it. We were having a really good time. This is this time last year. And uh, they were just having a blast, really enjoying it. Lincoln had a good time. Grace had a good time. And it was just really fun. Gabriel loves to do shooting when we're out. And uh, so it was really fun. Christmas lights up, music playing. It's a really good time. So what I want to present to you today is this is part two of our series, The Power of Thanks. And we're talking about an attitude of gratitude because this week is what holiday? Thanksgiving. And we're going to do some interesting things in this service. There are going to be a few surprises. You're going to hear some testimonies. If this is your first time here, we want to say welcome home to sit back and soak in the goodness of God in this place. This is a vision Sunday where we tell about where we've been as a church and where we're going. And it's just an exciting time to be alive and serving the Lord. But what we're going to talk about today is that being in the presence of God with God's people is the most exciting place to be on planet Earth. One amen. Let me say that again. Being in God's presence with God's people is actually the most exciting place to be on planet Earth. Good. And if you don't believe that, perhaps it's because you've had bad experiences in church. You know, growing up and being around people, I've heard people say, well, the church is the most boring place on planet Earth. Sleepville, right? You you go to church, take a nap. 
I've even heard of people playing sermons to put themselves asleep at night. Anybody do that? I mean, that's, that's sad. Number one, it shouldn't put you to sleep. But I, I really believe that if you can rediscover what church is, it's more than a place. It's being in God's presence. All of a sudden you realize that if I could be anywhere on planet Earth, I would no, rather be nowhere except in God's house. So today is Vision Sunday. It's the power of thanks. And today's theme is I'm thankful for my church. And I am excited about this church. I've been here almost seven years this March. will be seven years going into eight. And I'm more excited about this church than I've ever been. And just hearing you guys sing, part of the God is so good. I was just silent to hear you guys sing. Like everyone in the church is singing. You know, a lot of times the worship leader gets up in, in, in some churches and it's a show here. It's not. You guys are the choir. You guys are singing because you believe what you're singing. So today we're going to look at Psalm 84 and we're going to rediscover what church was meant to be. Psalm 84 is an experience from the sons of Korah. They, they were talking about the, the, the temple, the tabernacle, and how when they went to church, something amazing happened. So go ahead and turn to Psalm 84. And again, welcome to those who are watching online. Today, I want to give you five reasons why church is the place to be. Number one, it's the place to be because it's a place where you cannot wait to go. You cannot wait to go. Look in verse one of Psalm 84. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. May God bless his word. So here's this thing. The sons of Korah said that when I think about the tabernacle, which, by the way, the tabernacle was a way to refer to the temple. But before Solomon's temple was built, there was a tabernacle. You went to church in a tent, a portable tent. So they, when they referred to the temple, I think this is more of a poetic way of saying the tabernacle. But just for reference point, Solomon's temple was there. But prior to that, the church was in a tabernacle. So they said that when I think about going to church, when I think about going to God's house, my heart longs, my soul yearns for the temple of the Lord. And I just want to ask you, is that your experience? When you think about church, do you get excited? Do you get emotionally stirred when you think about church? Or do you think, oh, do I have to? Mom, do I have to go to church? Or do you say, man, I cannot wait to go to church. I cannot wait. So I want you to look on your listening guide under I Love My Church. Whenever you miss church, you miss church. The church should be a place where you can't wait to go. The local church is so thriving with life that you feel that you're a part, that part of your life is missing whenever you miss church. So here's what I want to encourage you is make church a priority in your life. Like when you look at Psalm 84, it's like, man, my whole body longs and my soul yearns for the temple for the courts, for the tabernacle. And I just want to encourage you, if you've never had a good church experience, stay around here a little while because you're going to have a Psalm 84 experience where after you've been going here a while, you're like, man, I, whenever I miss church, I miss church. So some actions. Yes, I'm getting some amens today. Here, here's some actions to think about. I want to give the best of myself to the church. How do I do that? Well, first of all, my time. We have art and serve teams and a serve team is basically a ministry team that does different ways of serving. And we have multiple. 
This week, Amy and I were collaborating on different ministries, and I think we came up with over 30 serve teams that you can join. And it's like there's so much activity going on. Giving of my treasure, that's giving generously. What would be interesting when you go home today, do a Google search of how much people spent on electing political officials in their states and counties. The millions and millions of dollars. But when it comes to church, we're like, oh, no, let's not talk about money. But whenever you, your heart's somewhere, it's just a natural way to give. And then your gifts. I'm looking across the room and I'm looking into your screens for those at home that you guys are gifted. God has given you certain spiritual gifts that are used not so much to build yourself up, but to build the church up. So whenever you miss church, you long for it. He says, I long for the courts of the Lord. My soul longs, my heart and flesh cry out. For the living God. The second reason why church is the place to be, it's the place to be because it's where you can find and experience true life. Find and experience true life. Look at verse 3. Even the sparrow, tweet, 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 has found a home. And the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may lay her youngs, even your altar, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. So let's, let's keep that scripture up. I want you to think about the sparrow and the swallow. And it says the sparrow has found a home, a swallow, a nest. Notice where the sparrow and swallow build the nest. It's near the altar. So here's the idea that the sons of Korah are spending enough time at the church are walking around and they see some birds nests. And they're like, wow, this place is so teeming with life that even birds are making nests. And notice where they're making a nest. It's near the altars. It's like God's creations are so in tune with the creator that they, that they want to build their nest in bird's eye view, pun intended, of the altar so they can see the sacrifices and they can see the worship of God. So even if birds want to settle in and get on worship, how much more should we, those who are sons and daughters of God? And I think an application of this is I think church should be a place where you want to raise your young. If birds do it, how much more should we? My family, uh, we grew up in a church. My mom was there for more than 50 years. And eventually when I got called to pastor certain churches, the family you know, was called with me. But we basically spent our entire life in one church um, up to the point where I started you know, pastoring different churches. But my, my brothers, my family, they were all, my sisters, they were all married for the most part in this church. They got to see us raised up in this church. And that's the way church should be. It should be a family. In today's modern throwaway society, people go to church, they get offended, and then they go to the church down the road. And it's like a church is a family. So here's, here's the challenge is like settle down a little while. Spend enough time to build a nest, to build your family, to raise your kids and your grandkids so that we can celebrate and we can see what God is doing. Verse 4, it says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. So here's the thing. Notice he says two birds. What were the birds? The sparrow and the swallow. All right, we've got a picture of these birds. Look at that sparrow with its beak. Don't you want to just get like a piece of bird seed and just throw it in its mouth? Like, here you go. Here you go, sparrow. But here's the thing. There is a distinct difference between the sparrow and the swallow. Let me explain. Jesus talks about aren't two sparrows sold for what? One penny. 
So the sparrow represents the lowly of all birds. I mean, think about the, the lowest of all birds. That's the sparrow. The swallow is a migratory bird, and it's flittering back here and there. So some of you can relate to the sparrow. The sparrow is those people who feel like they don't belong. You ever felt like, I just don't fit in, I don't belong? And the swallow represents the restless soul. So here's the thing. If you feel like you don't belong, my friend, if the sparrow has found a place among the sanctuary, you have a place here. You belong. If you feel restless, like a spiritual gypsy, you're going from one place to another. And it's like, listen, if the swallow can settle down, even though it's not in its nature to settle down, if it can find rest for its restless soul, you can find rest in the house of God. So whether you relate to the sparrow or the swallow Church is the place to settle, to be, and to be encouraged. But notice in the verse it says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are still praising you. For those of you who are taking notes, the word dwell means to settle, to live in, to abide, to reside. And I just want to give you a phrase that will stick with you. Wherever you dwell, there you excel. Wherever you dwell, there you excel. And the idea is that church should be a place that whenever you're here, it feels like home. Like you're, you're, it's like, think about that bird settling in its nest. So whenever you dwell, you excel. So many people are like, I don't feel connected and I don't feel this or that. Are you dwelling? Or are you late coming and early leaving? Settle down a little bit. Dwell a little bit. Talk to the people here. I've talked to different people through the years. and They're like, well, I haven't met anybody. And I don't say this out loud to them. But like, you come late to the service and you leave early. You're not dwelling. You don't need to be like a flitting sparrow or swallow. You need to be like a bird that dwells, just sitting in the sanctuary, soaking in God's goodness. So here's look at I love my church under your listening guide. This is a place for all generations, from boomers to babies. From generation Z to the greatest generation, we are a place for everybody. And we are a place where we can love each other and learn from each other. I love the fact that this is a multi-generational church. That we have babies all the way up to our oldest member just turned 100 years old. So we are a place for all people and all generations. Someone say, I love my church. All right. Number three. The church is a place to be because it's a place where you find new strength and renewed hope. Renewed strength and hope. So look at verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. So notice where the strength is. It's not in yourself. You know, most of us, our strength declines unless you're Sylvester Stallone, who... I think he takes some kind of supplement. I mean, the rest of us, our strength declines, right? Sylvester, if you're watching, we love you. But if your strength's in yourself, it's going to decline. But if your heart is set on pilgrimage, what, what, what the idea of pilgrimage is, in the Old Testament, if you were a Jew living in another city outside of Jerusalem, several times a year, such as the day of Passover, you would make a long pilgrimage to the, to the temple to worship. You would make a time to connect with God. You'd make a time to worship. So you would have to set your heart on pilgrimage. Like along the way, there's going to be some hard times that my heart is set on pilgrimage. Notice as they pass through the valley of Baca, someone say Baca. 
The word baka means weeping. So I want you to get this. I'm, I'm away from the church, but a church alive is worth the drive. In this case, I'm not driving. I'm on my donkey. I'm walking. As I pass through this valley of weeping, notice what happens. They make it a spring. Let's go and turn to the next verse. The rains also cover it with pools. So here's the image. I want you guys to get this picture. So beautiful. That in your pursuit of God, you're going to have hard times. How many of you have been through hard times? Health issues, crisis, battles, times of hurt. But you go from strength to strength. You go to renewal. So here's the thing about Baca. As you walk down the pathway, your souls cover this dirty, this dirt road. Think about arid desert. And as you walk and you're going towards God, you're weeping as you walk. And you connect with God through all the adversity, through the long trip. But as you return back home, guess what happens? That very arid desert that you walked upon, your feet made a pathway. This is the trail of tears. And as you were crying, when you return, all of a sudden that dry land is now filled with streams of blessing. The psalmist says it like this. Weeping may come for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So if you're in a tough time right now, if you're going through the valley of Baca, remember, don't turn from God. Keep pursuing God in pilgrimage. Keep going after God, because as you return and you see where God has brought you from and where he's brought you to, all of a sudden the valley of Baca comes streams of refreshing. Speaking of streams of refreshing, I think Pastor Joe has an announcement back here. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Joe, you're gonna you're gonna have to explain what's going on here. The visitors have no no idea. Is this a commercial break or what's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mackenzie. Can you welcome Mackenzie? She is. Let me tell you about Mackenzie. She works at the Starbucks on Airport Road. She has been seeing me for probably every day for like four years. Twice a day. Twice and a day. Multiple times. Uh, she knows my drink. She knows Timothy's drink. But she has been coming to our, uh, to our three, yeah, Amy's drink, of course, and Ashley. Ashley's very good friends with Mackenzie. And uh, she came here to bless us with coffee like she always does. And I want to tell you, she serves and gives so much of herself, puts up with the public, okay, because I've been in there and seen how these people are treated. And I can get a little bit aggressive. <laughs> and I had to remember that I'm a pastor, and I couldn't, like, you know, take somebody down in there. <laughs> but these people are underpaid and overworked. And so, first of all, thank you for blessing us with this. Now, let's just pass these out. Hold on a sec. You mean hold on to it? I'll take them all right here. I'll take them all. Uh, we have two pumpkin spice lattes. Who wants a pumpkin spice latte? All right, come on up. There's one, Jack. Come on. All right. Give the other one to my wife. This is mine, actually. I picked the right one. All right. Now, uh, I just drink coffee with a shot, so you're not surprised, right? No. Now, they 
We have a surprise for you. This is from part one, the power of thanks. This okay. right here, I want to give you all of this. Okay, and there's also, this needs to go in here too. This is all for you, and let me just tell you how much this is. Okay, I reached out to people in our church, not even everybody, and that. told them about you and how special you are. There is upwards to $1,300 in there um, that's just for you. So you're free to go, my friend. Thank so you before we go, let's say a blessing on Mackenzie. I know you've got to go back to work, but thank you, Mackenzie. Let me extend a hand to Mackenzie as I pray. Yes. Okay, represent. Uh, Father, thank you for this dear soul, uh, Mackenzie yes. Brinkley. God, that you have, uh, uh, she's our friend. Yes. Lord. And I love her dearly. I know Ashley and others love her dearly. Yes. Uh, thank you for how she serves people mm-hmm. uh, selflessly, Lord, um, um, how she puts up with humanity. Um, at its worst. And thank you, God, that, that, uh, that you have blessed her here today. Lord, I pray that you would let her know that you love her more than she could ever know. Yes. And um, that you created her mm-hmm. and that you desire that she has a relationship with you. Because yes. that's what life is about. Yes. Thank you for Mackenzie. Bless her as she yes, goes Father. forward from this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thank you. Blessings. Joe, don't forget your coffee here. Some of you are like, why did you guys do that? Well, one of our core values here is generosity, radical generosity. And we just wanted to say thank you to someone we care about and also someone who represents all the, the essential workers out there that help feed us, that take care of us, that encourage us. So let's give Mackenzie another hand as she leaves. So speaking in the Valley of Weeping, uh, Miss Beth is going to come up at this time and uh, give a testimony. Um, she has went through a lot in her life, and uh, I'm going to stand next to her because uh, this is an emotional story she's about to share with you. Everyone welcome Beth to the stage. My name's Beth. I've been attending Arden First for a little over five years now. And about two and a half years ago, my husband left me and I went through a divorce. It was very difficult. This church sustained me through that. Pastor Timothy, Pastor Joe prayed for me, prayed with me. I was surrounded by love in this church, and so many people were praying for me and praying with me. Um, I had heard the term church family. It really didn't mean anything to me, but Arden first changed that. This is my church family, and I feel so blessed to be here, to be part of it. Thank you. Give her a hand. So 
as you pass through the valley of Baca, they make it streams of refreshing. But there's a fourth reason why the church is the place to be. It's where you can pour out your heart before God in passionate prayer. So look at verse 8. Let's do a verse 8 on the screen. It says, O God of hosts. Whenever you see the word God of hosts, it means that God is so big, mighty, and powerful. He has all the angelic armies of heaven at his disposal. So when you pray, you're not praying to some little God. You're praying to the God of the universe who commands all the angelic armies at his disposal. Kind of cool. That's what God of hosts means. Or newer translations will say God Almighty. Hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. So the God of Jacob, when you see that in Scripture, what it reminds us of is God is a personal God. He's not some distant deity. He's the God of Jacob. You could put your name in there. He's the God of Timothy. He's the God of Amy. He's a personal God. And whenever you pray, notice it says give ear. It's almost like the picture of the creator of the universe is stooping down to hear the prayers of his children. Oh God, behold her shield and look upon the face of your anointed. The, the anointed was the king of that day. But ultimately, this is a messianic word that points to Jesus. And just a little Bible lesson. Whenever you read scripture in the Old Testament, you've got to look to who is it pointing to. It's always pointing to Jesus. So Jesus is the Christ. That's another word for anointed one. And when he talks about how lovely is your tabernacle, guess who made himself God and man, who, who took on a human body? It was the eternal son of God took on a body. And in, in the Gospel of John, it says that you tabernacled among us. So when, when, I, when I long for your tabernacle, I'm actually longing for Jesus. It's not just a place, it's a person. So something to think about with Arden is we're a place of prayer. Wednesdays at 8.30, if you're ever off work, or for those of you who are tired, we have a group of prayer warriors that meet. They pray, and sometimes they prayer walk the church. Every Arden group, it's a big umbrella under that. People call them Sunday school classes, life groups, whatever. Every small group, it's a place of prayer. It's a place where you can connect with God. And what we're encouraging this church is that prayers is not something you do. It's being in the presence of God. It's a culture. So that's something to really think about is Prayer is something that makes church the place to be. And finally, someone say church is the place to be. Fifth reason where you desire more than any other place on earth. So verse 10, it says, let's look at verse 10 on the screen. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Could you really say that? Could you really say I would rather spend one day at church than a thousand anywhere else? Could you say that? Let's challenge. Uh, let's go ahead and throw. I, Ashley did some research for me. The five most. I didn't pick any places because I would pick your place and you think I was preaching to you that you're skipping out on church because you go to this place. But these are the five of the top destinations in the world. Paris. How many of you have been in Paris? Uh, I've not been yet. I'm jealous. So here's the thing. This is not a legalistic intent of the sons of Korah, but it's their heart. It's not saying you can't go on vacation, you can't travel. It's not saying that. Which, by the way, when you do travel, we're online, so don't forget to tune in. But it's saying that your heart's desire is if you had the choice between being at the best place in the world from a worldly standpoint or church, 
I would rather be in God's house than Paris. What about a thousand days all expense paid for Paris? Drinking lattes twice a day, sitting in a loft. Church is better? Are you kidding me? All right, let's go to the second place. Barbados. How many of you have been there? I'm jealous. Some of the same people raising their heads. I'm going to go travel with you. Do you need an adopted spiritual son? Okay. Barbados. One day in your courts is better than a thousand days sitting on the beach with my soulmate in Barbados, drinking a virgin pina colada. It's Baptist church, okay? <laughs> uh, can I say that? All right. What's the third one, Ashley? Rome. That would be a good church trip, right? Paul and Rome. One day in your courts is better than a thousand days studying antiquity, traveling Rome and seeing the sights and sounds. All right, for those of you who are more like, okay, let's, let's go more local. New York City. Could you say one day at church is better than a thousand days watching Broadway plays? <laughs> Eating at Grimaldi's Pizza. Going through Central Park. Maybe being a, a person that makes it on a movie. Home Alone, Lost in New York. It's Christmas time. All right, and we got one more place. Has anybody been to Sydney here? Nobody's been to Sydney. Martin, you've had to be in Sydney. Now, okay, let's, let's do it. So one day in your courts is better than a thousand days soaking up some culture in Sydney, Australia. And if you go back to the scripture, tell us the reason why. He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness. So he's saying, listen, wherever you go, obviously God's there, but nothing compares to being with his, in his presence. Nothing compares being, than being with his people. You could go to the greatest places on planet Earth, but the reality is if, if you're not in God's presence, if you're not acknowledging his presence, it doesn't matter. Now, as a Christian, we know that you are a church. This is the New Testament version of Psalm 84. And you take the presence of God with you. So you can have church anywhere, right? But the point is, it's not so much a place as one day in your presence. One day with your people. That's better than a thousand anywhere else. Because those thousand days are fun. But it's kind of like cotton candy. You ever ate cotton candy and then you're like, oh, kind of sick now. You ever, you ever travel and then you get back and you're like, I can't wait to go home. There's no place like... There's no place like God's house. And then he says, verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So our second testimony today is Emily and Christina. Their father shared something with me that kind of I didn't expect from, 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 from their story. It shocked me. And their, their, their testimony, I'm not going to steal their thunder, but it's going to change the way you think about teenagers, Okay. I'm going to enjoy my coffee while you guys talk. Go ahead. Uh, so back in September, we went on a cruise, and we missed a Sunday. Um, and so I woke up, and I asked if I could or if we could watch church online. But obviously, there's no service in the middle of the ocean. So um, when we got off of the boat, uh, Randall Haynes, my dad, paid $10 to get service so we could watch it from the Bahamas. Um, 
and so we we grew up in the church and when we came to Arden first it kind of became home for us so it never really meant that much to us but now we really don't like missing Sundays because you you guys are our family so we love you <laughs> yeah so like she said we grew up in church and um for me at least I like feel very called to serve in the church and I love serving here and I hate missing the opportunity to serve anytime we miss on Sunday and I I just love being able to serve other people and honestly it really hit me when we lived in South Carolina she traveled a lot and we all had to travel a lot for gymnastics to go to competitions and that's kind of where my passion for being at church started because I was missing it so much and I realized like that's where I want to be I'd rather be there than anywhere else we got to travel to a lot of places we got to travel to Charleston a lot we went to Disney for some of her meets like but I'd rather be at church than be going anywhere else so awesome whenever you miss church you a church alive is worth a drive so speaking of which, this is I shared this in the first service, forgot to share this, but we have people coming from different counties. Um, Gary didn't know I was going to call him out. Gary, where are you? Right here, all the way from Waynesville, over 40-minute drive. We've got people from Henderson County. Multi, I mean, it's kind of like if you would drive 30 minutes to get a good physical meal, why wouldn't you drive at least 30 minutes to get a good spiritual meal and to be with God's presence? A church alive is worth the drive. So this is Vision Sunday, and I want to, I want to summarize it by... By kind of giving you updates, we've talked about what God is doing, and I remind you that we drew a five-mile circle around the church, and there's many of you coming outside of that five-mile circle, and we rejoice in that, but within that five-mile circle are about 60,000 souls, and our goal is to reach at least 1% of them by the end of 2026, and right now, we're, we're almost at 400, so we're almost halfway to the goal as far as active attendees, but we still got more work to do. We still got lost people that need Christ. We got the gospel to share. And in Arden, pre-COVID, this was the stats, more than 70% of people in Arden don't go to church anywhere. That's probably up to 80% by now post-COVID. But think about that. Pre-COVID, it was 70%. Seven out of 10 don't go to church. So these represent souls that we have to go after. We want to give every man, woman, student, and child a chance to experience and to know the love of God. Amen. So I wanted to introduce our staff to you. A lot of times we get up and share and you guys don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. So we want to take this Vision Sunday to kind of introduce our staff. Uh, first of all, uh, Amy, come on up since you're up there. And uh, yeah, you can just stand right there. Amy does a lot of roles. People ask, what does Amy do at the church? Well, what I summarize it as this, Amy is the minister of sticky. She helps people stick to the church. Okay, I don't know if there's a job description for that, but she oversees women's ministry. For those of you who are first-time guests, she's going to be reaching out to you. She helps take people from the street to the seat, to a small group, to service, to sharing their faith. So she takes people from one step to the next. And in our church, we have four big goals. It's active in worship, you're in a small group, you're serving, giving, and you're multiplying yourself. Those are the four simple goals. You're like, what is the church about? Those four things. It's making disciples. So Amy does so much, and she has an ETC, etc. by her job description. It's like she does whatever's needed. Tier design, market. I mean, she just jumps in whatever's needed. So that's her. All right, Brian, come on up. Brian 
He's big in stature and he's also big in heart. He has the dangerous job of grade school students. He is a third grade teacher by day and a children's minister by night. So everyone from, is it first through fifth grade or kindergarten through fifth grade? Kindergarten through fifth grade. They, they, so half of my family's in, in your group. All right. All right. Ashley, come on up. Ashley designs all of these sermon slides. She helps with the website. She helps with social media. How many of you get an email from the church? You don't need to sign up. And by the way, I got a, a little rant, if, if I can rant. I have a little caffeine in my system now. People say, I didn't know about that. Let me tell you how we communicate. I have a smile. The bulletin and the email, if you don't look at either of those, those are how we communicate, okay? And uh, if you don't communicate through that, call the church office and we'll give you verbally. But Ashley does all that. So there you Ashley, you can thank me later. Right? That, you, communicate, she does communications. All right, Joe Perry back here. He needs no, no introduction. But we lovingly say he's the pastor of praise and prayer. And uh, he also does a lot of the executive behind-the-scenes stuff. A lot of you don't know, but Joe is really good at solving problems. All the disgruntled people, which are few, Joe handles that. <laughs> Very few, but um, that's that. All right, Miss Kim, come on up. Miss Kim is our office manager extraordinaire. She volunteers her time. She's one of our volunteer staff. So when I said we have three full-time staff, we have a lot of volunteers and a lot of people very part-time so that they do help. All right, Randall is in the back, and he can't come down. He's standing up there. He is the father of Emily and Christina. Randall is overseeing the website. He's helping with online streaming now. Um, He does basically like an executive assistant to the pastors, whatever. And he's also a volunteer. We have volunteer staff, okay? And Randall, many of you don't know this, but he actually has his doctor degree in music. So he helps keep Joe in line with, with stuff. All right? And Shannon is watching online. She's at home with Maddie, a sick child. So, hey, Shannon. Um, we miss you. Uh, she helps preschool. She helps with her finances. She does budgets. She helps keep us on track financially. She's a banker by trade, and she does a lot, so we appreciate her. Ryan is also in the back. Is he on camera? Oh, he's on the sound right now. Ryan. Ryan's here. He is single, by the way. He is single. Um, Ryan does so much at the church, uh, we can't even put a, like... You guys have been to the new resource center. Ryan remodeled that. Um, He does building and grounds. He does a lot. Randall helps him with building and grounds. They work together. He has a sound studio in front of the church. We're hoping to get this message and take it outside the walls of the church. So we're doing a lot of things behind the scenes. And the reason why I brought the staff up, I wanted you guys to have a visual that this church, in order to need to grow, we need to make some of these volunteers on staff. Um, We need to make some of the part-time full-time because in order to sustain this church growth, we have, to, we have to have the structure of staff. And we can only ask people to volunteer for so long or be paid part-time when they're working full-time so long. So this Vision Sunday, and you guys can stand by the tables over there. Let's give them a hand.
In just a moment, uh, Joe's going to sing a song, and we're going to have you guys just thank them. And this is the power of thanks. Thank them for their service. For Shannon uh, online, you can message her. But in your bulletin, this is for members only and regular attendees. If you're a visitor, this is not for you. So just enjoy seeing other people step up in generosity. But once a year, we take up a vision offering. And what the vision offering does is what we can't afford to do by the budget. This helps us go over and above. It fuels the vision. So our main emphasis for 2023, as I mentioned, is helping some of these guys, you know, get on the payroll. Some of these guys part time become full time. We don't have the budget to do that, but we have the vision. And so this primarily this offering primarily is going to go for staffing. It also helps get the mission outside of the church. Uh, We do things like send out postcards in the community. How many of you have ever got one of our postcards before? Yes. Um, You know, outreach, things like that. But the primary emphasis is on staffing. So in just a moment, I'm going to close this in prayer, and Joe's going to sing a song. And this is your response time. For those of you who are new, uh, just feel free to just sit back and enjoy, watch God move. But this is a time you can respond. If you want to take communion, we have communion elements out. For those of you who have a vision offering, you can bring that forward to any of the boxes. We've got them on all the walls now. Thank you, Randall, working behind the scenes. And uh, this will be a time just to continue worship and giving. For those of you who aren't ready today, you can turn this anytime. We have these envelopes available, and it's also available online. For those of you watching online, you just click giving and submit the vision fund. So this time we're going to pray. And as we pray, I want you guys to thank God for this church. I've been a part of many different churches in my lifetime, and this is like the most excited I've ever been to be a part of this church. This is a healthy church. This is a church that's biblically sound. The doctrine is solid. We are biblically conservative. We're evangelistic. I mean, we're willing to sell the family farm that one more person may come to Christ. That's how on fire we are. And I'm just excited. I want to I give my life to, to grow the kingdom of God, and I hope you guys feel the same way. Every person matters. So those 60,000 people in Arden and those beyond the scope of Arden, we're coming for you. We're coming to you with the love of Jesus. We're coming for you with the gospel. So on that note, let's pray. Father, thank you that church is the place to be. And God, we want to be like the Psalm 84 church, the New Testament version of it. We want to be living temples that come together in the church to worship It's not so much just the place, but it's the presence of God in the place. It's the people of God as we assemble. So, Father, we just want to start with a a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the, the ones that sacrificed to build this church over 65 years ago. Thank you for the ones that remain faithful even to this day. I was thinking of our 100-year-old charter member that's still part of this church. Father... Forgive us where we've neglected the church. Maybe we desired other things above the church. Maybe we fell in love with other things of this world more than you and the church. Forgive us. We want to come back to our first love. We want to say with the psalmist that I would rather be with God than anywhere else. Anywhere else. Help us have that heart. Forgive us for straying. Like sheep, we go astray. Help us to come home. As the believers are praying and giving thanks, and if there's anything to confess, go ahead and do that. I want to give a response to to someone that may be visiting here, someone online, that you've never been a part of a church in the fact that you've never asked 
Jesus to save you. You've never been adopted into his family. You've never been a part of the capital C church, the body of Christ universally. If that's you right where you're at, I want to give you a chance to accept the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus Christ died for you. He died in your place and on your behalf, but he didn't stay dead. The third day he rose again. So if you've never asked Jesus to save you, to forgive you right where you're at here or watching online, say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. I do believe you died and rose again. So, Jesus, I invite you into my life. And from this day forward, I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. So, Father, as we respond in worship, as we sing this song, as we take communion, as we love on the staff, as we give this vision offering, we thank you that, Jesus, you're the hope of the world and the church is your body. So, Father, build your body here at Arden first. Help the hope of the world, Jesus Christ, to shine his light through his body here at Arden First Baptist. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, Amen.